0: Hey friends, welcome, my name is Joe, this is The Joe Martino Show, and today we're going to talk about how do you decide what is worth chunks of your life? What is worth your time? How do you decide how you're going to spend your money and your time? But mostly we're gonna talk about your time. Let's kick it off, this is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right. Hello. Welcome back. I uh, do you want to address an email. I got one email that asked me, like, hey, Joe, last week's episode about chasing meaning was nice, but it wasn't part two of two weeks ago where you talked about find the why. It actually was. I just couldn't think of a way to title it uh, and put part two in there. But when you know the why, you'll be chasing meaning. Now, today we're going to talk about how meaning is cultivated. But but first, before you get there, you have to understand, okay, why? What am I doing and why am I doing it? And, and that comes from meaning. Like if you're just chasing money... That isn't meaningful enough to sustain you if you're just chasing fame. And I run into this a lot with young creators. I don't mean podcast creators, but like I get a lot of clients in their 20s, you know, 21, 22, 23. And, and what they're trying to do is they're trying to create fame rather than create a product that they actually enjoy creating and that has quality to it and that is meaningful. Without those ingredients, they end up losing their mojo, they lose their steam, if you will. And, and the projects invariably pitter out, and, and quite often they're coming to see me because they're struggling with cynicism and, and bitterness. And, and so this is why these questions matter so much, because the thing of it is, is we're constantly making choices. One of the hard realities of life is you are always making choices that limit your next set of choices. When If you decide to go to work today, that limits the, the next set of choices that you have for the day. If you decide not to go to work today and you're supposed to go to work, that will quickly limit other choices that you have. And every choice you make limits future choices. Uh, Anytime I decide to go hang out with friends where my wife isn't invited, I'm limiting the amount of time that I can hang out with my wife. And and we've pretty much made a, a conscious decision in our marriage that we just don't do that very much. There are other people who do it regularly. I'm not here to argue the merits of it. I'm using it as an illustration. If I spend money on a Mac laptop today, I have I have no other options for that money. This is how people get themselves in trouble. Think about right now, this time of year, we're, we're almost a tax return year. A lot of people get tax returns. And what happens? Let's just say they get $1,000. Okay. So they have some work around the house that they've been waiting to get done that's going to cost them $600. And they say, OK, well, I've got $600 because I got that tax money. And then they go out to dinner because they got their tax return and they spend $100. So now they're up to $700. And then uh, they see something online that they want on Amazon. So they spend $300. Well, now there's the $1,000. But then a few days later, they see something else and they're like, oh, yeah, we can do that because we got the tax return. And they spend the same money twice and then they end up in, in, in a hole in trouble in debt. This is why people who win the lottery often go uh, b- broke. They, they end up bankrupt not long after winning the, the bank the, the bankrupt. Not long after winning the lottery. Can you tell my mind is racing as I record this? They end up going bankrupt not long after they win the lottery because they re spend the same money. They don't have good disciplined spending habits. And part of the problem is, is we try to get to good disciplined spending habits. Before we recognize our why, before we try to wrestle with what is our why. Now, obviously, while you're wrestling with the why, you still need good spending habits. But in, in counseling, we're actually taught that we shouldn't ask the question why. And I think that this is a problem. And, and I know uh, motivational interviewing is a theory of counseling that it basically says you shouldn't ask why. You should ask the client to, to tell you more information as, as soon as possible. Right. So like if you said to me, I voted for Trump instead of saying why I should say, well, tell me more about that. You, you know, what were you hoping that Trump could do? Or what did you like about Trump? What did you like about his policies? Or if you said you voted for Biden instead of saying, well, why? It would be, okay, well, tell me more about that. Tell me what you liked about it and what you didn't. And, and that's fine, I guess, for therapy. It can certainly lead to, to great insight. But one of the questions that, that I think also leads to great insight is why? Why are you doing this? Why are you hoping for this? Why are you buying this? Why are you spending this thing? I have uh, some other businesses besides counseling and, and other veins of counseling. One of them is business consulting. And in that, I have a, I have a silent partner that I work with. And recently, we invited someone into a conversation and one of the questions I asked my partner was, okay, well, why are we doing this? What is the win here? What are we looking for? And a lot of times that's what I mean when I ask why or when I want to encourage you to ask why. You have to ask yourself, what's the win that I'm doing here? And then you ask another why. Why do I think that win is worth part of my life? I have a college-aged client who he gets out of class about an hour before our session. And there is a store between where he goes to college and my office that resells things. It's like an estate sale store. And they have some great deals, and he likes to go in there and look around. And he found a pair of boots that he really looked or he really liked, and he bought them, and he showed up uh, the, the, with them to the next session. And, and I could tell that he really liked them. Like, he would look down at them. And his microfacial expressions would show great pleasure. He was constantly rearranging his body position so that he could see the boots. And I asked him, I said, how much did you spend for him? He said, $35. It's a great deal. Boots like this are typically $150. And I said, awesome. Is that how you decide whether or not it's a great deal? the amount of money you save. He said, yes. I said, is that the only criteria? He said, well, I mean, if I have the money in my checking account. Okay. So we have two criteria. It's a great deal. And I have the money in my checking account. I said, is there any other criteria? Well, do I like them? Okay. So we have three criteria. Do you like the thing? Do you have the money in your checking account? And is it a good deal? Is there any other criteria? Well, no, not really. Okay, so how about this question? How much use do I think I'll get it? Is the money I'm gonna spend worth the use that I'm gonna get out of it? Oh yeah, that'd probably be a good criteria. I never really thought about that when he says to me. And then I asked him, I said, well, how much do you make per hour at your job? He said, I make $11.50. No, $12, no, $11, no, $11.50, $12. Okay, so we're just gonna pick a number because you're not sure, right? That's correct, okay. So let's just say it's $12 are those boots worth three hours of your life? And he looked at me like I was borderline insane. What do you mean? I said, well, you're giving someone $35 for those boots, which by the way, I totally think it's a great deal too. And they're great looking boots. I love shoes. Two, you work for $12 an hour. That's where your money comes from. The source of your money is your life, an hour of your life for $12. You then gave someone $36 which means in terms of your life, it costs you three hours plus drive time, plus like shower, you know, when you get out of work time. One of the questions that we have to ask ourselves when we're spending money, if we want to be good spenders, Joe, is this about spending? Sort of. One of the questions we have to ask ourselves about spending, if we want to be good spenders is, is this worth the amount of my life that it's going to take? My daughters and I were talking about uh, compassion kids. And you know, I am passionate about supporting kids through compassion. And we were talking about how many kids we support, um, my wife and I, and then how many we support as a family because my, my oldest daughter who is in college and working her way through college also supports two kids. And we were talking about that. And and so, you know, we were doing the numbers and I was like, that's X amount of hours of my life a month. And I am willing to trade my life for that. Absolutely. We watch the Super Bowl as a family, typically. That's four hours of our life that I am willing to swap. See, this is the point of today's thing. I want you to start thinking not just in terms of cost of money, because the truth is most of you probably have enough abilities that you can go generate more money. You might have to you know, go to counseling and work through your risk aversion or whatever, but you'll get more money most of the time. How are you spending your money and your time? Because your money's costing you time, and your time is, no duh, costing you time. I spent all day, one day this past weekend, working on our upcoming marriage conference, uh, Couples Retreat, which, by the way, if you're interested, go to joemartino.com, click on the tab, Couples Retreat. We've got some great pictures there of what Daytona looks like March 11th to the 13th. We're taking six couples max to Daytona Beach Shores. We will email all registrants the exact address once they've registered. And we are, we're happy to share this place with you, which is very important to us, my wife and I. Uh, we do have some people who have already registered, so slots are filling up. Please go to joemartino.com. Click on the Couples Retreat. You are responsible for lodging and transportation uh, to there. We're going to provide you breakfast food, lunch food, and we're going to have a great time. We're going to be talking about things like, one, something to consider. I've talked about it in this podcast whatever you're getting in your relationship, you have created the system that perfectly gets those results. And so if you want to change those results, you have to change that system. We're going to talk about that. We're going to give you the tools to change that system, to improve that system, to strengthen that system, wherever you're at on the couple's relationship journey, we're going to help you get healthier and improve and fortify it. Uh, If you're just starting out, we're going to give you great tools that will sustain you for a lifetime If you've been together for a lifetime and regular maintenance is just something that you do, this will be a great time for you to add to the tool bag and maybe build up a few new skills. In this conversation, though, I spent all day Saturday working on that, working on different aspects of it, working on some other things for my company, working on some other things for my consulting business, and I have to do it. I'm at work today all day. I'm here this morning recording uh, this podcast episode Later this morning, I have an a appointment with, a, with what I call a clinical client. So I divide my clients up into business clients and clinical clients. Clinical clients are the people that see me for therapy. Business clients are the ones that see me for business consulting. And typically, I do not do any clinical clients in the morning. In fact, my afternoons and evenings are completely full. I will work till 9 o'clock tonight, 10 o'clock tonight. And, and I will go straight through. Once I start after lunch, it's just straight through. And I, a couple contact me that I've seen in the past. And they're like, hey, we're in crisis. Okay, awesome. Come on in. I can get you in at 11 some, some Monday mornings. I do have business clients some Monday mornings and I can't, right? I'm swapping an extra hour of my life because the work that I would normally do at 11 o'clock on, on these mornings, I now have to do somewhere else. That, that need to get that work done doesn't go away. I happily swap my life, hours of my life at work, so that I can do other things with the remaining hours of my life. But there has to be a metric where we determine if that is worth the switch, if that is worth the swap. The hours that I'm giving up, does it bring me value in my life somewhere else? Is that worth the swap? One of the problems that we've done is we have oversold this and I made fun of this last week. I'm going to make fun of it again this week. Love what you do and you will never work a day in your life. Or, and this is because this is more realistic, there are going to be people who get, get doing jobs that they hate, that they do not like. And as long as they pursue meaning in those jobs, it probably won't work. But are you swapping that time for something that you do find meaningful? And it's it often makes me laugh How funny people get when I say that, they're like, well, that's a lot of my life to to go do something I don't like. Okay, okay. so let's just say what you're saying is that, that that's the metric for whether or not you determine whether or not something is worthwhile. Do you like it? Because there's a lot of people, the average adult watches how much TV time? Google that. It'll terrify you. But there's a lot of people that are wasting their time, in my opinion, they're wasting their life on things they like, like watching TV. Because the only criteria for whether or not something has meaning is, do I like it? Look, I like video games, but I don't play them nearly as much as I used to because I got to think about it. I'm like, man, I might not get this hour back ever. I got no guarantee about what tomorrow brings. I don't know when I'm going to die. So I want to be intentional about how I spend my time because I'll never get it back. The time that I'm spending recording this podcast, I'm never going to get back. In fact, I've had to stop. Hopefully you don't notice this. I've had to stop a number of times today because there are work issues that are coming up that have to be dealt with. At one point, I think I got it out, but my phone started to ring because one of my one of my employees sent me a text. So it didn't start to ring, but it started to make the noise. And I almost always keep my phone on mute. But TikTok, Facebook, whatever it is, are you happy to exchange your life for that activity? Reading. Do you read because it enriches your life or because it allows you to hide from life? I love to read. I am willing to exchange a lot of my time to, to, to read. But I don't want to use reading to hide from life. That would not be a meaningful use of my time, I do not believe. Or how about sports? I got nothing against sports. I already mentioned we watch the, the Super Bowl as a family. Some of my fondest memories of the month of January, we're pushing well into February now for the Super Bowl, but, but I can remember back when it was in, you know, end of January, is sitting around on the couch with my daughters watching the Super Bowl. They don't even know what's going on. In fact, now that they're older, they call it Sports Bowl. What do they call it? Sports Bowl broadcasting. But the payoff there is not the Super Bowl. It's the, the, it's the interaction. I'm willing to change, exchange time of my life to build those relationships. But but sports, sports talk radio, how much time, guys, how much time do you spend listening to that? And is it worth the exchange of your life? News, how much news do you consume? And is it worth the exchange of your life? There's so many things that we're just wasting our lives on. And I want to be clear, like, I'm not saying anything that you do that's frivolous is wasting your life. You have to make that decision. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't advocate for that. But I would advocate that we need to be intentional about how we spend our time because it's either moving us to be a better fuller version of ourselves, or we're wasting it it's either moving us towards our why or we're wasting it and and you have to ask yourself why are you doing what you're doing because until you answer that question you cannot decide if the exchange of your life is worth what you're trying to achieve I often I carry a pocket knife on me a, a gentleman's knife And I'll often pull this out when I'm talking this concept with clients and I'll say, okay, this knife was $55. Would you spend $55 for it? And almost everyone who doesn't carry a knife regularly says no way. All right, how much would you spend for a knife? I don't know, $10, $20. I'm like, okay, you can actually go to Tractor Supply and buy a $20 knife, $25 knife. But here was my problem. I was running through them one, two, three a year. The company that I buy from, this knife that I'm showing you, It was $55, and I've already replaced it once because it comes with a lifetime guarantee. So I call them up or send them an email. Hey, my knife that I ordered on this day broke. Before I get the old knife into the mail, they have a new knife to me, and that's worth it to me because I don't have to redo it. How about arguing with people? How much of your life are you willing to devote to that? They're they're pro-mask and you're not. How much of your life are you willing to devote to arguing with them about it? how much of your life are you willing to uh, waste arguing with them about it? Or maybe you're the other side of the mask. I don't remember which one I said. I know it was just a minute ago. How much of your life are you willing to argue about that? Or Whatever the topic is, it always amazes me. I enjoy just going and reading the comments because people who don't even know each other argue each other, and I call it the rule of three. I don't know if that's, it's not actually the rule of three, but for myself, the rule of three, can I get three comments without somebody insulting someone? The answer is almost always no. Let's talk about your friends. Why are your friends your friends? Are they increasing meaning in your life or not? That's a hard question. I get it. But that's a question that people who are living purposefully ask. How about the way you spend your time with your friends? Is that bringing meaning to your life? Is that meaningful? Now look, there are frivolous things that you do that are not bringing meaning to your life, but it's the bonds that you're making with that friend that's bringing meaning to your life. So so don't twist it. It's important that we get this right, and it's also important that we understand I'm not calling for us to be boring people. But I am wondering why do we do what we do? Whatever it is, what's the why behind it? And if that why isn't tied to a metric that you understand what you're trying to get out of why you're doing, how in the world do you know what your, your answer's worth? How much of your life is it worth? How much of your life is a friendship with somebody worth? How much of your life, and I mean that sincerely, there are people that would like to be deeper into my life than they are, because I do not have the time to give them and maintain meaning. And so I tell them, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Nope, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Nope, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Because here's the thing, you are either implicitly saying no to things that take you away from your your metric, your decided win, or, or you are implicitly saying no to the things that would take you toward your win, because you only get this next hour to spend one time listening to this podcast, why do you listen to it? Hopefully it enriches your life. And if it doesn't enrich your life regularly, not every episode, not every episode is going to be meaningful to everybody. I get that. But if the overall arc of the work doesn't enrich your life, stop listening to me. Go listen to somebody else. This is why last week's episode has to come before this week, because what you have to decide is what are you willing to pay to chase that meaning? Right. I often talk to therapists about therapy. And one of the things that I say is, look, we didn't get in this to make money. And at the same time, we have to make money to pay our bills. It's not either or it's both. And the pair of boots that you buy, how much of your life are you willing to trade for them? The activity that you're willing to engage in, how much of your life are you willing to trade for that? How much of the life you want? Are you willing to trade for that? That's a whole other episode. And it does behoove us to consider it, though. What you do today will directly contribute to the life you want or take away from it. And so we have to consider that. Okay, so what does all of this mean? Here's what it means. What I want you to do over the next day, two days, three days, seven days. So I want you to look at what you're doing. Where are you spending your time? And I want you to answer the question, why is this worth this part of my life? How much of my life is this thing that I'm doing worth? I want you to dig that out. And I want you to ask yourself, and we'll talk in the future, maybe not next week, but we will talk in the future about what do we do when we decide, hey, this isn't worth my life. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.